Hey, this is Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. We've been taught to behave, to fit in, to follow the rules, but Dream Masons reject conventional thought. Dream Masons are rebels. They take a chisel to the marble that is typical traditional life. They carve out brilliance and broadcast it to the world. Join me for another chapter as we unmask convention, embrace the rebels within us, and more deeply come to explore the complex and agitated edges of our existence. Now, before we get started, please don't be a rebel yet and grab your phone and hit that little button that says subscribe. Thank you. Because your dreams don't build themselves. Welcome back to the Dream Mason podcast. I am your host, Alex Terranova. Man, it is day, I don't know how many days we've been quarantined and locked up, but it's a lot. We're, the date's April 24th, and as I've been doing this, I've been saying the date because these don't always air, and I, I think it's important for us just to touch on quickly what we're all dealing with. Um, I want to share before we jump in and you meet my guest today, um, I had this thought yesterday that I was like, man, I don't care if you're loving this experience, hating this experience. If you're not learning something about yourself from this experience, you're missing out. And one of the things that I've learned is while I'm heartbroken for, you know, the people that are losing their jobs and, and people that don't have the resources they need and are scared and terrified, I noticed that for me, I'm enjoying the slowing down. I, I used to live where like I had to go eat at that new restaurant and all week long, I got to run all these errands and do all these things. And this has showed me that I'm actually a lot happier not doing all those things and running around like a chicken with his head cut off, you know, trying to impress other people or buy things to, you know, that, that I think maybe I should buy or that I need, that I actually need a lot less. And that being with myself, being quiet, reading, just sitting outside has actually made me a lot more happy than the, the kind of daily grind that like New York or LA or San Diego life kind of provides. So if for me, if, if, you know, this ends, you know, soon, I hope, hope for a lot of people that's the case. My lesson is that whatever the future looks like after this is that I need to remember to slow down. I need to remember what's actually important and what actually brings me joy and not get caught up back in the rat race of life, of, of spending money and doing things and, and, and chasing things that actually don't make me happy. Um, so that's kind of a, a little touch on, I hope, you know, if you're listening to this, you're doing all right. And if you're not, I hope you can find a way, uh, maybe take one baby step or one action to support yourself, either to improve your well-being, to get educated on something new. Maybe there's an opportunity to take a different transition in your, your passion or your relationships. My guest today is actually going to be able to teach us a little bit about this because he took a completely different direction in his life at, at one point. He... Uh, did it with some huge financial setbacks and put a lot on the line. So I want to get, I want to introduce him. I want to talk to him also about what he's been dealing with through this and uh, what he's learning about it and how it's impacted him. So my guest today is he's been, he, he's an attorney. He's an agent. He was drafted by the Blue Jays. He's currently the managing director of baseball at Rock Nation. He bounces between two intense rat race cities like LA and New York. And um, at one point in his life, he took a massive pay cut to, to really go for something that he was passionate about and wanted. My guest today is Kyle Thousand. Kyle, thanks for being here. Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited. 
Thanks, man. I know, I know you're busy. I, uh, I was watching, like, you were posting some of the draft, the, the guys in the NFL draft that uh, – I know that's not your you – you're not doing the football players, but that's part of your group. That's got to be exciting. Yeah, we had, a, we had a great night last night. Our, our, our football division at Rock Nation had two top ten picks last night, so a lot to uh, celebrate and be excited about. And, and for, for once, uh, we had a little bit of sports on, on TV last night, so it was exciting to, uh, to tune in and watch that. People, you know, I know that people were like going crazy for the like Jordan documentary. Like people are grabbing for anything that can <laughs> like inspire them. I'm curious, like just for you, what what has this experience been like? What have you know? What's been difficult? What are you learning? Yeah, I mean, obviously, with with baseball being um, put on pause for now, and you know, hopefully at some point we'll have a season. But um, with with the season not starting on time and and games not being played, um, me being on the road to go see my guys, you know, a lot is, um, is missing right now in my life. That's a big part of my life. So um, really at this point, you know, we're, we're keeping in touch with our guys, making sure they're good. But more importantly, during this time, you know, I think everybody out there should be taking this time to better themselves in some way. You know, I, I um, myself personally, you know, have been, you know, getting a lot of workouts in, you know, reading a lot of books. I, I used to read a lot and then law school came about and that kind of uh, ended it for me for a while. And I'm picking up books again and, and filling my time with some other stuff that, that I've been meaning and wanting to do for a long time. So. Is there a, do you have, since you're reading right now, I'm, I'm a massive reader. What are you reading? What, what books are, don't tell me about the ones you don't like, just the ones yeah. that you do. No, right now I'm actually reading the, the Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene. It's, it's a great book. Um, you know, he lays it all out as, you know, just human nature and, and you know, being able to um, learn how different people are because every, every person is different and, and he lays out a lot of great principles to be able to, to read and to learn um, just to be able to, you know, interact better personally with, with people. Um, it's a great book and I highly recommend it. So you're, you've, you know, you're the head of baseball for Rock Nation. You, um, so we, we could say that's a the pretty high level of success, you know, right? <laughs> um, and even becoming a lawyer is a, is a, I mean, to become a lawyer, you, you do a lot. You have to achieve a lot. Obviously, you know, a lot of people want to become things like that and they give up along the way. And you also, I, I mentioned you were drafted by the Blue Jays. In all these things that you've done, What's been for you, you know, are there things, what are the things that you've had to like most kind of overcome within yourself? Like, what are those obstacles? Um, I, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've certainly have come across obstacles along the way to get to where I'm at. You know, I, I, I guess, you know, my childhood dream all along was to be a professional baseball player. And I had that opportunity to get drafted and, and um, by Toronto, as you mentioned, and, and my career was short lived, unfortunately. I, I had to deal with a lot of injuries. Um, a lot of setbacks there, and and I had to make the tough decision to to walk away from the game and and my dream, and that was very difficult. But my backup plan was always to go to law school, um, and uh, went to Creighton Law and and graduated from there, and and went to be a lawyer at a at a at a firm in Chicago. And while I was there, you know, I started in '07, and then of course the '08 recession came about. And I lasted through that until about 2011, when I was then laid off after five rounds of, of surviving, um, was laid off in our sixth round. And that was another setback for me. And 
Um, that was a difficult one. I had to file for unemployment, um, was able to pick up with a boutique law firm in Chicago. Um, but then, uh, you know, I was there for, I think maybe eight or nine months and got an opportunity to get into the, the sports agency world. Um, and that was in 2011. And I packed up from Chicago, moved to New York. And you, you mentioned it briefly, but I took a massive pay cut. I took a 70% pay cut of what I was being um, paid as a lawyer to go um, pursue baseball again in a different um, in a different light, but moving to a more expensive city, right? And taking that pay cut, living in Manhattan, you know, I cashed out my 401k, cashed out my savings just to be able to survive, and and um, you know, got an opportunity after four years of of really learning the business um, through an agent that I I respect and is one of the most respected agents in the game, to be able to then come and and realize another dream of mine as I got into this business was, you know, or being the head of my own division and, and was able to do that at 35 years old, which I didn't think it was going to come that quick. But, um, you know, the obstacles along the way really allowed for me to, um, to grow personally and professionally to get to where I'm at today. You just hit on so many things that I want to like dig in a little bit more and, and oh. thanks. I mean, you, you kind of told the story, right? Like, nice. but I'm, so you're the second, second or third uh, professional baseball player that I've had on here um, that uh, one had a, played a full career. Um, one or two others had their careers cut short by injury. Um, yeah. You're probably like, and one is like my best friend who has become a, an artist all across LA um, I was a baseball player also. I didn't, I wasn't as good as you guys, but did you play? I, I was a pitcher. I was a left-handed, I was a left-handed pitcher, but I just couldn't throw the ball hard enough. I was like, I never, I just didn't have a good fastball. I would never, I, I could hit spots, but I just could not throw the ball hard enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, left I, pitcher though, that's a commodity. Yeah. You know, I think like when I look back and I've talked about this a little, I didn't have the, um, at that point in my life, I was somebody who was really good when I started things. Like I was, I was the best at the beginning. And right. then I would kind of coast on like my talents and then everybody else would practice and catch up. And when yeah. everybody caught up, I would be like, oh, I'm not that great anymore. And I would let my mindset eliminate me. This is something I've had to overcome and as an entrepreneur now, yeah. but as a young, you know, young adult teenager going into college, like I, I would quit a lot of things because I didn't, I wasn't willing to overcome obstacles. Um, what you pointed to, though, that I'm, I'm always curious about is, you know, when people have a dream, like you, your dream to become a baseball player, you actually were close enough that you could realize it. And then it gets taken from you by something beyond your control an injury, right? right? And we see that so often in sports, like amazing people like lose their careers because of injuries. What did you have to deal with? Like, was there, I mean, you, I know you said you, the plan was a lawyer, but was there any like psychological, anything that you really had to battle with of like having this dream stripped away? Yeah, I mean, I think the toughest decision I've really made up to this point in my life was to walk away from the game. Um, and I had battled injuries for a long period of time and, and tore my ulnar nerve and my elbow. I was a pitcher like you, but also a positional player. When I tore my ulnar nerve, it, wasn't, it didn't require Tommy John, but a lot of extensive rehab that I had to go through during college. I took a red shirt uh, my sophomore year. Um, came back, um, you know, only played center field a position and, you know, was fortunate enough to, to put myself in, a, in an opportunity to 
uh, to get drafted, but then I tore my labor of my shoulder. And, you know, just dealing with all those injuries, it does take a toll on you mentally. And at that point, you know, I know this now in, in the agent world, but, you know, we live in, a, in baseball, 50% of first round draft picks don't make the big leagues. So you, you first get to that point where you can get drafted and you, you reach that level of being able to get drafted. But once you're there, you're battling with so many other players. You know, at that time when I got drafted, there was 50 rounds, 50 rounds in the baseball draft. So, you know, when I, when I tore my owner or my, my labor, my shoulder, I realized, listen, this is going to be at least another year setback. That's another draft, you know, learning from the, you know, trying to figure out the business side of baseball when I was just a player, you know, I realized that, um, you know, again, my backup plan was to go to law school and, and I just decided, you know, that it was, it was time. And that was, that was difficult. That was really difficult for me to do. And, you know, retired at the ripe old age of 23 at that time. So, um, yeah, it's uh, difficult, but you know, a lot of guys go through that, you know, it, it is what it is, but, um, but yeah, I feel very fortunate to have had the opportunity to play professionally, even if it was short-lived. The second thing that you said, which, I mean, I, to me, there's a lot of ego in these things, right? Like they have the, to leave baseball, this thing, there would be some like ego or some fear in there. But then you said when you got laid off after those five rounds and you had to file for unemployment, I filed for unemployment once before in my life too. And I remember thinking at first, man, I'm not, I'm not that guy. Like, you know, I had all these made up stories about what that means about me and what people would think, you know, and, and you're a lawyer, right? I wasn't a lawyer doing it. Like, what was that like? It was very humbling, man. It was, it was very humbling. It, it was um, something where you had to realize because of the situation the economy was in, you know, it, it wasn't you. It, it wasn't me at that time. It wasn't my skill set as a lawyer. It was really just, you know, the law firm, you know, having to make the difficult decisions, just like, you know, a lot of businesses are doing today, right? Like they've, you know, I think, 25 million people have filed for unemployment today and, and it's, it's tough. And, you know, it's those tough decisions that businesses have to make and you realize you can't take it personally because if you do, you're just going to, you know, mess yourself up mentally even more. And so for me, it was first realizing that and, and then going in and getting the money that you can, right. By filing unemployment and, getting yourself back out there and, and getting the confidence and, and building, you know, putting your resume together and, and going through the interviews that you, you can for a new job, right? Like it, uh, it was a humbling experience for me, but something that um, was a great learning lesson for me as well, personally. When you, you know, when I listen to you, I'm, the thing that I'm thinking is like, man, he's got, somehow you got set up with like a pretty powerful mindset. Like you have a mindset to like, hey, I can get knocked down and I get back up you know there's these stories of you get knocked down you get back up and you keep going did somebody do you feel like you just that just showed up did somebody teach you that is there somebody in your life that would like really made that impression on you um I mean I'd have to say my father my father's my best friend I've I um had shared so many experiences from childhood up up to today and honestly when when I retired from baseball I think it hit him harder than it hit me but um, you know, I came, I, I was born and raised in Sioux City, Iowa, and it was a very middle-class upbringing, um, very simple lifestyle, but nothing was ever really given to me. I had to um, work hard and, and achieve everything in my life um, through hard work and persistence and um, just trying to put myself in, in place to have opportunities come my way. And 
um, feel very fortunate and blessed that I was, you know, um, had a, had a great mentor and my father, um, to get me through some of the obstacles that I've had to face in my life. It's funny. I think when you said like you're, I remember when I said I was like quitting baseball, my dad was like, I think it hurt him again more than, and I think actually any sport that I ever stopped playing along the way, my dad was like probably more upset about it than I was. Right. Yeah, um, it's, it's for him, you know, I think, you know, dating back to where I was, you know, six, seven, eight years old and, and uh, up through high school, you know, he was at every game. We were, we were on yeah. every weekend. And that's where I think my dad and I really became best friends was just so much time in the car and everything else. And the amount of time um, and money that he invested in, in me personally to um, have the experiences I had growing up and, and, getting good enough in baseball to be able to get um, drafted. You know, I went to the University of Iowa and Sioux City is about five hours away and every home weekend series, my dad was making that trip and was there every weekend. As it got closer to draft time, you know, I think again, he was more excited about it than even I was. And, and for, for me to have to walk away from the game, you know, I think he really um, took that hard. And, and I mean, it was difficult for me to do, but it was the right decision for me to make. And, and when I got back into baseball as an agent, I think that renewed <laughs> within us. And it's funny yes. because there'll be times when I wake up in the morning, I'll already have an email from my dad telling me about how my guys did last night. And that's awesome. He's invested in, in my guys um, just as much as I am. And, and it's really brought us back together in the game, which has been great. That's really cool. I was thinking about that as you were, cause I know with like my dad is, I'm, my dad's still around, you know, but I recognize, is that like ever since I stopped playing, my dad was the dad who, you know, when I got home in high school from practice, whatever, my dad would be like, let's go out and throw. Like, I'm going to, you know, he was older, but he would still squat and I would pitch to him in front of the house. Yeah. And, and my dad was like, like, if I could say anything great about the best thing I would say is like, he was just so committed and willing to like put himself out there for me and my success. Yeah. And when I stopped playing, I think there was like a divide. That thing that we had bonded over kind of dissipated. Like we didn't know you know, we're men. We didn't, we didn't like know how to connect and communicate in a way. And actually it's been, it's probably one of been the hardest things is now I think one of the things that I've had to like, we try to connect over is my dad's always been an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur now. And so I think he really likes when I call him and I'm like telling him what I'm struggling with or, or how do I do stuff? And he gets to share his insights. Cause uh, to your point, it's hard, right? Like we, nobody teaches men how to, to bond right. outside of like sports and women and maybe <laughs> grabbing beers like, and business, really. We don't know how to do that. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, growing up and, and particularly with the game of baseball, my dad never really pushed. He always, it was always me wanting to push myself. And the, when I did, he would be out there just like your dad squatting and, and pitching to we uh, fortunate enough to eventually have a batting cage in our in our uh, front yard, and so after a game, when I went over four or whatever, I'd be like, I want to go take a hundred hacks, and he'd be out there under the lights after a game, and and um, just helping me try and get better. But you know, he never pushed or anything like that for me, which I appreciated because I, I think at one point early on in like little league days, I actually got burned out for a little bit, and and he never pushed or anything. He was like you don't want to go play in this tournament or whatever you do what you want to do ultimately. And, and I respected that. And, you know, again, he's just been the greatest mentor I could ever ask for. That's awesome. 
I want to um, I want to go to the third one, which was basically taking a seventy percent pay pay cut. And it's not, and we're not talking like you weren't making thirty million here, where your seventy percent is still a millionaire. Take a huge pay cut, and this is post coming off like probably not that long after unemployment, right? Like, so you're taking a huge pay cut. You're moving to Manhattan, and then you did something which I think is pretty admirable, but also like really bold, which you said you sold off your 401k and your savings. Mm-hmm. And to me, that speaks to like, man, I believe in myself. Like, like people don't do that unless either you're crazy or you have a belief that what you're, you're actually investing in something even bigger. How did it, that go? It, it, for me, I, I never do things, you know, less than a hundred percent. And if I was going to pack up and, and leave a job in, in Chicago that I was very comfortable but honestly, the, the, the lifestyle as a lawyer, right, it's the most, to me, one of the most monotonous jobs you can really have. You always know when you're going into the office. You never know when you're leaving. It's mainly a desk job. Um, so I, I, I guess I um, developed a bit of unhappiness with that. And I knew that a career change needed to be made. And, and I wasn't sure if I ever wanted to be an agent. You know, when I was going to law school, my friends were like, oh, are you going to try and, you know, be a baseball agent? And I would tell him no at the time because, you know, I, I wanted to be a lawyer. That's, that's what it was. I had a, um, a really close family friend who was kind of like a second father to me that was a lawyer and, and I was around him a lot. And I guess that's where I kind of picked up the, the want to be a lawyer. So I went all in on, on trying to do that. And then I realized, you know, this isn't really what I wanted to do, but I think having been let go from my job and, um, you know, going through those obstacles, it allowed for me or it encouraged me a bit more to take that risk, right? Like if, if, if I hadn't gone through that, I don't know if I would have really made that jump, but the opportunity came about actually through a law school roommate who was a, a basketball agent at the time um, at, at the, um, the agency I ultimately went to work for uh, at the beginning. And, and they were starting a baseball division. And again, it was with a, an agent that has been in the game for years. and, and um, and I thought, you know, if, if I don't do this, am I going to kick myself, you know, for not, you know, trying? And, and so I think the timing was perfect as well for me to, to take that calculated risk. And, and I knew that um, if I gave it my all, I would, I would have an opportunity. And, and you know, I, I was there for about four years. And then the Rock Nation opportunity came about. And, you know, I haven't looked back since. Do you have any, you know, when I think about this, like you – you believed in yourself. You thought it was a good decision. I notice when I'm talking with people that are more successful than you, the people I look up to, they all, there's the consistent theme of like investing in themselves. Yeah. And you know, as, as the athletes you work with, they work with trainers, they work with, you know, all set, all kinds of people to invest in themselves. And I've seen this deviation where there's like the people in the middle who stay stuck in the middle. And one of the stuck st- uh, sticking points is this unwilling to invest in themselves. And you even started this conversation with like you reading a book that's helping you invest, you know, it's just a book, but still. What's your belief on like, how do you, how do you know the difference between like saying something like, hey, I'm gonna cash all this out because it is an investment in myself and my future. And when people are like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't afford to hire that trainer. I can't afford to hire that coach or that mentor. How do you, I don't know if you have an opinion on this, like how do you get people to kind of trust and step into that, that area of uncertainty and that greatness because of a belief in something bigger? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's, that's a very difficult um, obstacle that people face in, in everyday life. You know, it's, it's taking a risk in yourself and, and investing in yourself. And, you know, for me in that particular situation, again, I just looked back and was like, what if? What if I don't do this? Um, and for me, I, I, it, it wasn't like a, a drawn out decision. Like I, if I'm in, I'm all in. And, and for me in that time period, I, I just knew that if I invested in myself and took the time and, and I always tell people, be proactive, right? Don't be reactive, you know, and, and a lot of those people in that, that middle area that you were, you were talking about, I think is, is waiting for the opportunity to come to them versus, you know, investing in yourself and allowing those opportunities for you to find those opportunities. And those opportunities will come more um, by investing in yourself and doing the work. You got to do the work. And, and I think a lot of people can, can um, get to a point of complacency and, and it's, um, it's difficult to overcome. Let's talk about you as a, um, you know, opportunity, like you just hit on opportunity. And I know for you, you've, um, like networking and meeting people and being out there in the world. A lot of people are very adverse to this, right? Like networking is so uncomfortable to so many people. What yep. does it mean for you to like, like being out there creating opportunity and meeting people? Because to me, it's a connection thing. You're able to connect with people, which makes new things possible. Yeah, I think um, another thing that I always, I always tell, whether it's you know, people that ask for advice on how to get into this business or me telling the agents that, that work for me, right? Like I always tell them, you gotta be present. You, know, you gotta put yourself out there because if you're present, you, know, you never know who you're gonna meet at, at whether it's a seminar or it's like the baseball winter meetings or, or whatever. You know, if, if you are present in, in any sort of situation, you never know what's gonna come about or who you're gonna meet. And, it's just that one meeting that could take you to that opportunity that you've been waiting for. So for me, you know, even if it's uncomfortable, you got to be able to, to break out and, and meet as many people as you can, because in the end, it's, uh, you know, for me, at least, it was about who I knew and, and, and the opportunity came from, you know, like I said, my law school roommate, right? And that was four years after graduating law school, but it was still staying in touch with him because you you get done with school and, and, you know, you don't always um, keep in touch with certain people along the ways. But if, you know, for me being a sports guy, like my law school roommate at the time, I always wanted to keep in touch with him because if an opportunity came where I wanted to shift gears and, and get away from practicing law, that might be an opportunity for me that I want to explore down the road. And, and so I kept that relationship along with developing new relationships along the way, which allowed for me to, uh, to get in the sports agency world. When you look towards like the future, like what's the, what are the next big, big goals? And I'm really interested, not just like in the next big ones, but where do you find yourself like maybe a little afraid, a little scared or challenged in like what's ahead of you? Well, I think right now with, with the, uh, with the, um, everything that we're dealing with with COVID right now, I think everybody's a little scared at this point, you know, and, and the uncertainty of if we're going to have a season at all in baseball um, is certainly a little scary right now, not just for players or, or for, you know, agents. I mean, the, the business of baseball affects so many other people. And so with, with the situation we're in right now, um, the uncertainty, right? You spoke to uncertainty before, but 
it's it's operating in the unknown right now that is making all of us a little bit scared and so again um what i talked about is is take this time to invest in yourselves and and get better personally so that when we do get back to a little bit more of an of a normal um environment after this um you know you can hit the ground running and and so for me um yeah i, I would say just what is the state of baseball going to be after this you know and and are we going to have a season is it going to be you know, teams playing in Florida and Arizona. I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty um, for a game that everybody loves. And so for that, I think it's just um, operating in the unknown and getting comfortable operating in the unknown, which, which can be a little bit scary. Did you have, you know, I, I know I should say, like I have a lot of clients that had big goals before all this happened. And one of the things that's come up a lot in us working together is, hey, so you had these big goals, whether they be in their relationships or their businesses or money or whatever. And now this happened. And there's a select group of people who sit around and go, well, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait till this passes and see what happens. Now with something like baseball, it's beyond your control. You don't get to just say, let's start it up and go. But with more personal goals and things that there is some area of control that you can do with personal goals and other things in your life, I think there's another group of people who are like, okay, now I'm going to pivot. I'm going to adjust. I'm going to look for new opportunities. What do you, do you have any of that? Like where you're looking for, okay, I'm not just going to sit here and wait for, you know, somebody else to tell me that I can move on with my life. Like, what are you working on to keep your life going forward while you wait for some other things to be hashed out? I think with, with every setback comes opportunity, right? So with this situation right now that, that the whole world's dealing with, I think there will be certain levels of opportunities that people need to, um, again, be more proactive in, in trying to find them. And so for me personally, you know, my life is, is Rock Nation baseball. And, and so with this setback, as far as games not being played, um, you know, there's certain levels of recruiting that you can't really do at this point. Um, you know, we, we will have a draft, whether it's in June or July, and, and we do have a couple of players that are that are going to be in the draft this year. It's, it's just about making sure that when we come out of this, that we're one, still in one piece, but two, we're, we're moving forward. And as I said earlier, hitting the ground running. And so it's, it's just trying to, um, again, better myself and tell my agents, you know, do anything you can to better yourself so that we come, when we come out of this, we're a better team and a better unit moving forward. And, and I think, there will be opportunities for us as a division um, when we do eventually come out of this. Nice. I love that. I, I like to think that like with everything that got, got taken away, there's something, there's a void, right? And nature, like a, a, nature doesn't do voids. <laughs> and so it's like with everything that got taken away, there's new opportunities that have been put in place, but it's like, are you willing to like look for them, create them, step into them? Yeah. I want I want to ask you about, um, something that I, I find like very inspiring, at least for me. And I'm just curious, like on your take, and we don't need to get into the details. I think you're like more of a private, private guy about all the details of your life. But I think, you know, I, I'm the life I'm looking to create for myself that I'm building and I'm working on is a big life. Like people will see it. You know, I've written a book. I do multiple podcasts, a lot of things going on. And when I look for a partner, I'm looking for a partner that's also up to like big things. I'm not looking for somebody who's just like, wants to like take a nap in the corner and, and, you know, retire. And I think, you know, knowing what I know about you, you and your partner, um, you both have big lives without getting into the details. 
I'm curious, like, what's the biggest challenge of like being in a relationship where you're up to both up to big things and also being able to navigate that together. So you're able to have a partnership and a relationship. I think it, it, it comes down to a couple of things, but first and foremost, you know, respect for each other, right. And, and being um, support systems for each other. And, and when you are in, in certain industries that require a lot of demand or you're, you're in the public limelight or, or whatever else, it's always um, kind of having that privacy that you also, you know, uh, mentioned um, and, and making sure that um, you're setting yourself and your relationship up for success. And so for, for me, um, you know, I think it's uh, just making sure that you're present in your relationship. And, and, and during this time period right now, everybody's present with each other in their relationships. But um, it's just maintaining a level of respect for each other and, and knowing, um, you know, uh, the, the demands of your jobs and, and being able to be, again, a support system for each other will go a long ways. When you're, you know, I notice a lot of when I, when I do work with, or when I talk to people that are, again, like both partners are up to a lot of big things that a lot of the things is like our jobs never stop. Right. In the world we live in, like your phone never turns off her phone, never turns. Like there's always stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Are there any tips or things that you've learned along the way in that partnership that you're like, man, these are things we've needed to do, like to, to actually be able, right. COVID isn't always going on. There's times where you need to create structures or routines to be able to connect, to be able to like stop life from just bombarding you all the time. I think it's like maintaining your independency, you know, I mean, you're, you have your, your life as a couple, but then you have, you know, your own lives separately and allowing your partner to, to have that independence and grow personally um, will go a long ways in my opinion. And that's something that I've, I've really learned along the way, particularly during this time period. Um, it's, it's just making sure that you don't lose yourselves as individuals so that when you do come and, and have, you know, the relationship, um, that it succeeds and grows and, and prospers. Nice. Thanks. Um, if you were, you know, if I were to give you a, a moment to just like soapbox, you know, you can, you know, anything that you're like, man, I just would like love to be able to put this out there in the world for people like from, you know, it could be about anything but something that you just feel like you, and, and there might not be anything, but I love to give people the opportunity to be like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this thing. I wanna share it, I wanna express it. I think it could help some people. Is there anything that comes up like that for you? I mean, I've, I've touched upon it a bit um, during this, but I think, um, you know, investing in yourself right now with, with the situation that we're in and, and, you know, the uncertainty that surrounds, you know, when our business is going to get back, When's the economy going to um, start to grow again? I think, you know, one, invest in yourselves right now. I, I think that's literally the most important thing that we can do as individuals during this time period. But, um, you know, another thing that I always preach upon, you know, whether it's people looking for a job in this business or whatever else is, is being proactive, being persistent and being present. And I've touched upon a couple of those, but just being able to, um, you know, be proactive. Don't wait for the opportunity to come to you. Persistence. There's always a level of persistency that, that's needed in life, and, um, but not being overly persistent, right? And then present. Be present um, in your life and, and put yourself out there for opportunities for you to find versus waiting for them to come to you. That's great.
Thanks. I love that. <laughs> I was like, man, is he going to, you know, everybody doesn't have something to soapbox on, but I love that was, that was really good. Proactive, persistent, and being present. I think everybody could use that. Um, Kyle, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for taking some time out of your day. I know you got, you know, a lot going on. You're a busy guy, um, even with what's going on right now. And also just with all the stuff going on, people don't need to be doing stuff like this and taking time out to, to share and, and podcast and, and share their wisdom with the world. But I appreciate your, your candor, your honesty, um, the charisma, the just willingness to open up and share, you know, what you've learned with other people. I appreciate it, Alex. It's been fun. And, and uh, you know, you got a great thing going with your podcast. So keep it up, man. Is there a way I know, can I, can I share your, your Instagram is not private. Can I share that? Is there a way for people to follow you, reach out to you if they want to? Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got an Instagram account. I've got a Twitter account out there. Feel free to share that. And yeah, you know, usually I'll, I'll try and get back to people that have questions or whatnot that, you know, about my life or, or about getting into the, the business of being a sports agent. Cool. And it's so on Instagram, I have that in front of me. It's Kyle thousand. It's spelled exactly how it sounds. Um, and if, uh, if that, if, if for some reason that you can't figure that out, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you being here and to everybody listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for, you know, taking some time for yourself to learn and improve and grow yourself. And uh, I'll see you next time. Thanks Alex. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I'm just a rebel who found a cause and has a dream, and I'm super grateful for your support. If you got anything from this, please help me out and share this podcast with one person today. You can find me at thedreammason.com or at inspirationalalex on Instagram. You are a dream mason because your dreams don't build themselves.